This is Fred Goldstein with uh, Health Innovation Media from the Florida Association of ACOs annual conference here in Orlando. And I'm joined by Jeffrey Lynn, who is a fourth year medical student at the University of Miami. And uh, earlier today, he gave a presentation on the importance of behavioral health for ACOs. So, Jeff Jeffrey, welcome. Tell us a little bit about your presentation and your background. Um, yeah, I was very happy to be here. I was here last year um, trying to poke around and see what ACOs were doing in terms of behavioral health integration, and I wasn't getting much. <laughs> and I was very happy to come back this year uh, reporting some progress um, with some ideas about how new different models for uh, collaborative care models using a chronic care management system um, can help address uh, behavioral health issues um, in the primary care setting. Uh, really thinking about the medical and mental comorbidities. Um, there's so many figures out about potential cost savings differences when someone who has hypertension has anxiety, has depression, uh, people with CHF, people with COPD who are, who are scared to take a breath. Um, so there's some interesting work and I presented five or six different studies that have shown um, positive outcomes when using a kind of collaborative wraparound approach versus a usual care which sometimes can be as little as a brochure with a telephone referral. Right, so I know, you know, there's always been these silos. You've had your mental health group over here. Oftentimes when the health plan set them up, there were carve-outs. And now we've recognized the importance of integrating it. And as you pointed out, the costs yeah. associated with mental health on the overall system. And particularly in those with chronic disease because you tend to have higher rates of, yes. of depression and other issues. So are you seeing... Um, ACOs beginning to recognize the importance of that as they're looking at their programmatics and what they want to provide in services? Absolutely. Uh, right now we're in the very beginning of some pilot studies uh, working with a group out in Palm Beach County Accountable Care Options. Uh, really what they did was run actuarial analysis of the most vulnerable groups um, which had either previous hospitalizations or either the combination of the polypharmacy, either the combinations of all of their chronic diseases to say, okay, these folks are going to be your targets. And what they've done is uh, enrolled a percentage of them in a chronic care management model, which includes pharmacists, uh, paramedics, uh, a licensed mental health counselor, a PsyD, psychiatrist, psych consult. And what they're doing is just doing a collaborative care treatment around them. And then we're comparing the other rest of that 5% vulnerable group who decided either decided not to or were not available. And now we're just tracking them in parallel. So in essence, you're almost doing a random controlled trial yes, of this is. population. Well, that's fantastic. I know I've done some work with the Kennedy Forum, you know, which is really pushing this idea of integrating mental health in, and they got the parity law through. <laughs> so now you can't discriminate on benefits for those with mental health, which obviously should help a lot. Um, what's been the response from the ACOs that you've talked to here about this concept? I think it's, it's kind of something that has always been there, and it's the difficulty with mental health, and, and I understand that as a student, is complicated. It's tricky, it's long-term, it's the definition of chronic. It gets at behavioral change, which earlier today we were talking in the keynote about therapeutics versus behavior change and what medicine is supposed to be. Um, so I think that what's happening is that physician practices and ACOs are recognizing if you don't do anything about it and just kind of ignore it, you're going to have a crisis. In, you're going to have a crisis hospitalization. You're going to have something where clearly, had it been identified earlier, uh, you may have avoided that. So it's it's difficult. The financial in investment is difficult to start a collaborative care program where, you know, really you need to hire 
you know, a team of mental health folks, or you may need to hire some PsyDs. But um, from my standpoint, and, and kind of as a medical student, I'm financially naive. Right. Uh, I think it's worth the investment. And also, though, you could look at integrating providers that are in your community who are already doing these services and then bring them into the practice. Absolutely. So is the model that they're trying in, in this ACO, is that around a... Uh, built around a practice providing the the linkages and the services within the practice site or is there some technology in remote or how is that working uh, a few different ways and so the model that we're doing right now is actual integration these are uh, folks who are hired so uh -huh. there's no issues with confidentiality there's no issues with ehr there's no issues with any of those kinds sometimes when you bring outside consultants in the silos come right back up right um so one solution really is to hire and so they're located in within the physician practices they're, in the primary care setting they're within the practice but because they're employees of the aco they can visit all the practices oh so it's an overall employee group because they can then go practice to practice to provide these services that's in a correct. more efficient manner that's correct and then the other thing that they're doing is uh they're having weekly or bi-weekly grant correct rounds. So that really is getting everybody on the same team to discuss and talk. Again, uh, it's a little bit of an investment because you have to get everybody to get on the same page. But you know, in, in a in a sense of treating each patient uh, wholly, I, I you know I can appreciate that part. So if ACOs want to learn about this or or take a look at how some of these models work and are developed, where can they go to find that information? Um, I would say, for for instance, the work that we're doing right now, purely. We've been tracking numbers since January, so we're only at six, nine months at this point. Um, so you mentioned some articles or things like that? Yeah, absolutely. A few articles in the American Journal of Managed Care um, did cover some of these uh, successful studies. Um, I would say resource-wise, uh, folks will have to do a little bit of digging, uh, but I did put the entire presentation of it. It'll be available on the Flacco's website, and that lists some of the five or six main success stories that we highlighted this morning. Well, fantastic. It's clearly a really important issue that most ACOs probably haven't thought of enough because the general medical system hasn't thought about it enough yet. And we're just beginning to see this new integration and bringing mental health clearly into the center because it's a huge cost driver and quality driver for all of us. So thanks so much for joining us today, Thank Jeffrey. Thank you very much. Thank and for thanks for your it. presentation today at the Flacco's Annual Conference. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.